Welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast, Thursday, 13th of October. I'm your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, Pod. How are you? Very good, mate. Very good. Another week down, another duo. Solo duo. Solo duo, the best kind. We uh, have got it on good authority. We may be a trio again next week. Returning to the tripod action. Absolutely. So uh, we better make the most of our last solo duo. Absolutely. And then we'll get dragged down by that guy again, I suppose. But uh, has been a big five weeks already. Can you believe that we're over a month into this season and it's just continuing to roll, mate? It's exciting times, but uh, nothing more exciting than some news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. So yeah. let's kick it off with uh, first coach fired, Matt Rule. What were, what was his odds? I didn't check this. Yeah, Keeney, see, this he, is where we need exactly Keeney. Right. He's all over this he stuff. He looks at this shit at the start of every season. Uh, no idea. He would have had to be up there. Um, I don't know. Writing was kind of on the wall. You got Darnold in, didn't work out. You got Baker in, skeptical. Just about everyone was. So, yeah. No, uh, do you reckon this is good or bad for Carolina's offense? Uh, it can only be good because it's been horrendous so far. And I think I'll touch on this a little bit later uh, in one of the previews. But I think with Steve Wilkes' defensive mind, that'll be his priority, that side of the ball. So, I'm not sure who's going to take over the offensive play calling. But I can't help but think it'll be pretty simple which should mean some positive returns for the higher status players on that Carolina offense. But what I what I did hear, which was interesting about this firing, was uh, organizations with these coaches that are going into years where they might get fired and it's sort of win or go home, literally, why they still have all the say in the off-season acquisitions. So Matt Rule was still heavily involved with personnel decisions, the drafting. It just was an interesting thought. Maybe relinquish those roles if if they aren't all in on them. And because now he's six weeks later, all of those decisions he was part of and had input mm-hmm. in are now there and he isn't. I guess, it's, um, I guess it goes both ways, doesn't it? Because you also want to give them their best possible chance to succeed. And you can kind of only do that unless you're involved in building the team that you want. So, yeah, you could look at it both ways, absolutely. I uh, uh, Yeah, I just think you could, you know, people get performance managed, right? And then things turn around from input from others. Um, I get what you're saying with having them in control of their own fate, but, I mean, he hasn't done... Much he was eleven and twenty seven. So yeah. Anyway, it it's was bit, an interesting thought. It's a bit different than other um, sports, I suppose, where the head coach usually is just responsible for what they do with the team they're given. Um, yeah. I, I think that there is something to be said that the head coach shouldn't be involved in future planning because their future is never guaranteed. Um, you know, pretty rare to find a coach that sees longer than sort of three, four years with any team. Um, but yeah, I, I like that Carolina have, uh, gone with the humdinger approach and that you can only go up from here, mate. You can't get worse than where you're at. 
I like it. Hey, ease up, mate. That <laughs> a strong, strong week. It was a strong showing. You you cracked a hundred, mate. But we won't jump too far ahead. Let's uh let's focus on the eliminator pool. Well, oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. And and. I could keep going because, mate, it's like no one listens on this pod sometimes. We had a whopping five eliminations this week in the Eliminator pool, dropping the pool down to only three, and we're going into week six. So that is extraordinary scenes compared to uh, this time last year. I think we were pretty healthy in the Eliminator pool, so everything seemed to be traveling pretty well. Uh, this year, but just uh, five people making a poor decision. What do you think about that? All picking the executioners, of course, which uh, for anyone listening or non-aware, that uh, just ill-fated. Well, my thoughts on this are, um, Papa alluded to it. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, showboating on this podcast and that's probably where the correct... Uh, thoughts that we have are getting just washed away. People don't want to listen. They revoke against us. But um, who's actually left in this eliminator is what I want to know. So myself, Timos, and the DFF. That's it. Wowee. Tiny genius minds right there. (laughs) And have you you all used up the same uh, picks? I haven't looked... At that, actually, I think there is a slight variation. I know that a lot of teams have gone with um, the strategy of picking whoever is playing the humdingers or the punishers. That's been pretty common. But I think the first couple of weeks, there were slight variations on who went either side of that, which has made for, I think, what will still be interesting in, uh, what have we got to get to week eight where the humdingers and the punishers play each other? So... There are still teams going there. I reckon that's probably where we'll, we might have a, a decider. But uh, I have got here, so straight after last week's pod dropped, um, I got a message from the Johnny Unitas Haircuts GM, Manny, who said, hey, can I check who I selected in the Eliminator pool? I can't remember. And I told him it was the Executioners, and his first response was, oh, no. <laughs> 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 he, he listened to the pod forgot about the curse that was the executioners in the eliminator pool. And uh, yeah, he was convinced he was gone at that point and he couldn't have been more accurate. But because of this, because I keep alluding to it, I thought I better actually go back and just see if I'm talking truth or if I'm just making shit up here. But I went back to 2021 where we started the eliminator pool, 11 eliminations in total, um, obviously to crown a champ. You know, we had a a clear champ there and we're already up to nine eliminations at this point in the season. So that's 20 total eliminations. Um, Go ballpark percentage. How many eliminations are at the hands of Scoot? Um, Do you want to know how many teams? I'll give you a total amount of teams that have been responsible for an elimination in those 20. Would that help? Yep, sure. So one, two, three, four, five... Six total teams. There's a collection of six teams that have been responsible. That's that's too much thinking for my mind. It didn't help me at all. But <laughs> I will throw out a number of, I don't know, eight. 
eight eliminations or eight percent? Because that would be elimination. Line. Sorry, okay. so eight, eight out of eliminations. He has been responsible for thirteen eliminations out of the twenty. That's sixty-five percent of the eliminator pool. 13. Eliminations. So six last year, and he's already up to seven this year. That guillotine, it's working overtime, mate. He's living up to the name, the executioner. He doesn't execute on the field, but eliminator, look out. The next closest is a tie between the Demons and the legal team at two apiece. That's... Uh, wow. Yeah. So... Fascinating scenes. I don't think anyone will pick him next year. Oh, also, just another fun fact. I'll throw this one in there because uh, what Keeney, Scoot, Camo, and Manny all have in common is that they have only been eliminated at the hands of the executioners. So, another fun little tidbit for you. Where are we? Um, Let's get on to injuries. Yeah. Some real, uh, so the real stuff. But this is a disappointing one. Rashad Penny broken leg out for the year. He was he was really coming along nicely for Keeney. Obviously invested in him in the off season. I know he was very high on him, even with the likes of Kenneth Walker coming, and he he proved it. He was pretty dynamic as the lead back for Seattle in what's looking like a real nice offense this year, yeah. which we'll probably get into a bit later, but. Very disappointing. James Conner, ribs. Uh, it's I've got week to week there. He hasn't been ruled out this week. but um, yeah, It's looking always, unlikely, I think, is the word. Yeah, he's always injured, that bloke. Yep. Baker Mayfield, high ankle sprain. Um, that should be I think he's already while. been... Oh, he's still questionable, well, but once again, leaning more likely to out. Yeah, I mean, it's one position you probably can miss the least amount with a pretty shitty injury, but um, he probably needs to just rest up and get into that playbook or something because he looks horrendous. So uh, T. Higgins, that was disappointing. Uh, he was in and out of that game with the ankle, uh, but he's day-to-day. Dalton Schultz, been a bit disappointing for Jake. He's re-injured that knee. So any re-injury, I think you start looking at weeks rather than days. Christian Watson, also another re-injury with that hammy. Uh, Tyreek Hill, this is one to watch mm. for Manny. He had a foot in the last quarter, I believe, and didn't come back in the game. So, and I believe left in a walking boot. So, one to watch there for a pretty high profile player. Damien Harris, Hammy, Weeks, Stiff. Oh. Stiffenson is, uh, that shows that, well, he exploded, didn't he, against the Lions? And, uh, it's nothing like a stiff explosion. <laughs> Oh, jeepers. <laughs> uh, he's going to uh, take that backfield for the next little while, you would you would assume. And Chris Olave, mm. that was pretty horrible to oh, watch. That was he's brutal. Similar to, similar to Tua. And I, was, I actually heard some funny stuff about this. The I think the primetime callers are pretty good. Um, the likes of bloody – who's Joe? Is it Joe Buck? Who's he do it with? Um, uh, he's changed quarterback. Uh, Troy Aikman. Yeah, Aikman yep. and, and like they're, they're pretty good. Like yep. I know they've moved to ESPN, but the the big callers are good. But some of the other guys that they, I think that I was watching this game and Alave clearly got concussed. Yeah, his, his fucking forehead hit the ground. And he did the funny hand. fingers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I didn't see what happened there. <laughs> he, he looks all right. And I was like. 
fuck me. He's Looks just been right. knocked out severely. And um, speaking of concussions, the Muth, Frymuth, also got concussed in that That's game. That's his so. third this season, I heard the other day. That's third? Third reported, or is it third in two years? Maybe it's third yeah, in two I, years. Yeah, I know he had one in, like, he had one in the off-season. Yeah, um, so three in two years, and they're reported just NFL ones. You'd think that he probably had some in college. I don't know. That's that's kind of worrying, especially with how much they're tightening up on this, and for good mm. reason too. Um, yeah. Yeah, concerning not, stuff, not good. Not Yeah, it's, it's the one that you, you don't want to really talk about or see, uh, the concussion, um, and the, the tour stuff was pretty horrendous. Uh, but Devontae. Adams, yeah. possible suspension. So I think the guys press charges press now. Press charges, absolutely. What's, what's the latest with the NFL? Um, I think they're still investigating it is the last that I saw, but charges have been um, have been laid against him. So yeah, if, if it's not a suspension, it's a ridiculously heavy fine um, mm. is how I look at it. So he's been charged with misdemeanor assault. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Assault I really don't is know a strong warrants, fucking word. <laughs> warrants a suspension, a hefty fine. He he was pretty um, pretty quick to apologise and straight away knew what he did. So yeah, um, I hope he doesn't miss a game from it. But still, well, another bonehead wide receiver. They're on by this week, so I reckon they might just wait a little bit to uh, yeah to make that decision. Were there any blockbuster trades, Benny? Oh, mate, probably the biggest trade we've seen in this league went down today, believe it or not. It was almost like they were teeing this up for the pod, and it was between Jim and Thais who uh, who traded. Jim got a 2023 fourth just to add to his plethora of fourths that he loves to collect, and Thais got Kyron Williams, who's, uh, yeah, hasn't scored a point this year sitting on IR. I, I don't, yeah, not really. I wonder much. what he sees in him. A, the link there is with Henderson, maybe. That's, um, yep. Unless he a, saw something he liked in him and he thought it's worth just flicking a fourth. I don't know. We'll have to uh, get him on and find out one day. We'll see. But uh, I thought we better touch on uh, what is beginning this week, and that's the buys. I just really wanted that drop. Um <laughs> So week six buys begin and they run all the way through to week 14. But uh, yeah, one thing I noticed here is just forecasting ahead because buys now just become just another little challenge that you've got to deal with on a week to week basis. Weeks nine and 14 are the biggest buys in terms of how many teams. So both are six team buy weeks for nine and 14 and 14 in particular stands out to me because that's the final week of fantasy season. It's also where we have our divisional games. So there could be a lot at stake in week 14. And with six teams on buys, it could just make for a very interesting final week of our fantasy playoffs. We will um, obviously redraft leagues, these swing trades. There's no doubt about it. They Mm -hmm. dictate um, who, who moves where, but I wonder if that creeps into Dynasty. I wonder if there's any teams that are that desperate. Like come week 14, that's such a big week in the um, grand scheme of the season. So that would be really interesting to watch. Mm. Um, but 
gee, it is nice when you're up the other end and you just don't really care who's playing and when because these are stressful times for the contenders, no no doubt about it. Well, the teams on by this week, if anyone hasn't been paying attention, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Tennessee Titans. So let's get into some reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. So our week five reviews, we'll kick it off with the Prestige Worldwide 109.84 being defeated by the ever-galloping Gym City Stallions 116.92. Oh, isn't this bloke up and about? Yes, he is. The horizontal dancer. Now, do you want to do you want to run through this? Because there's a bit to get through. There's a bit to get through. So why don't I just I'll, I'll launch into it, and then you just jump in with with any thoughts or opinions on it. So Jim Jim kicks it off pretty succinct. He just says best defense in the EDL. Uh, I know Manny was getting stuck into him for that, but you can't deny that this bloke is uh he's just perfectly uh, worked out his season. He doesn't need big scores. Because he only needs 116 to defeat 109. He's done the maths on it, and that's uh, that's all he needs to be undefeated at this point. But he said, seriously, though, with injuries starting to mount up, I was worried that Thais would run over the top, but I got lucky. Stop being modest, Jim. You just you knew that T. Higgins and Darren Waller were going to not do much, and you knew that you'd done enough. Matt's gone a bit more in-depth here. He's just written, Year of the gym. I denied it all off-season and thought he'd miscalculated, but five weeks in and he's hitting on players. Cup, Hurts, the Sun God, Codrell Patterson, Jared Goff, and he said he's moving up, He's moving players that are turned to shit like Justin Fields. Um, and got guys the nod? I don't know what the fuck he means there. Oh, turning relevant. Oh, fucking skipping a line. How am I going? Turning old time <laughs> relevant again. Randall fucking Cobb's coming back and he's been able to uh, injure players to give his guys the nod. That's why it makes sense when you read the lines properly. And he's referring to Melvin Gordon there. Uh, the improbable win was when it came down to T Higgins and Darren Waller. And uh, as I just mentioned before, both just getting injured and not scoring any points. And he just got over the line by seven points. Any thoughts on uh, Thais's first paragraph of fucking thoughts here? No, other, other, I didn't really understand it all, but for good reason. Yeah. Um, now I'll get to I'll get to one of those players in a little, little bit, but you keep carrying on, mate. So he he says it's all shaping up for the Stallions to make the granny and knock off the grouse with an improbable breakout game by none other than Bobby Tonyan. So we can all look back and say it was definitely worth trading his first for Tonyan. And so Papa can finally be right about something for once. It's a shame. As if I had won, as if Thais had won this week, he was going to start making moves and throw his hat in the ring for back-to-back rings. But now he might pull the money and tank and watch college football instead. What could have been, he reckons. <laughs> oh, Thais. He's, he's winding us up there. He's, he's not far off at all. But um, how do you feel about that, Ben? Just, just Thais putting the grouse in the granny already and the number one seeds, just like I said last week, quietly going about his business and this is exactly what I mean. Well, when you read the rest of it, then it, uh, yeah, it doesn't concern me too much. Also, the fact that later down in this pod, he also references how he's got the upset special coming up this week. So he clearly is just talking out well, his ass. Well, I mean, upset special, that could be about uh, 
his thoughts on his own player, Waller, because he mm. has been uh, one of the disappointments of the season so far. Uh, one Obviously, premium, top three tight end you would have in redraft and even in dynasty moving forward. And what I thought, it was shaping up beautifully for him this season with Devontae Adams taking a bit of attention away, opening up the middle of the field for him. And it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked. He's, uh, if you can get his tight end rank for me, I should know yep. these off by heart. Well, but, you know the position better than anyone else, but, uh, you know, he's got to be at least tight end five with scores of like one and two, doesn't he? Isn't that how the position works? No, 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 no. We'll get to that. But um, He's tight end 14. 14. That's not what you want for... Um, one of the top three tight ends in the league. No. And um, obviously now he has an injury concern. So probably we'll have a couple with oh, – that's we didn't actually even have him in there. But he, I think it was a hammy, wasn't it? Uh, um, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah we should have had him so, in injuries. Whoops. So, um, yeah, he might miss a couple depending on how bad it is. But, yeah, just disappointing. Um, and it has to be said, he decided to keep Waller over – Matty Andrews, I'm sure there was more context and reasoning for for it. But if you look at it head-to-head, um, Andrews is gone. Sorry, did I say Matty? Yeah, I was going to say, did you just combine the two? <laughs> no, Matty Andrews. I'll, I'll play, play footy with a Matty Andrews. Um, <laughs> Mark Andrews. Mandrews. We'll Andrews. just keep it up. Um, yeah, obviously could have kept him and would have had uh, one of the better tight ends moving forward. But anyway... We will get on to the next game. That is Pappas Punishers, the 93.7, and he said it would be an easy beat. He was correct because he knocked off the Bayside Executioners with a 60.96. I was just looking at that team before and said to you off air, the Bayside Executioners is all right, but 60? Mm. Jesus. It was a bad one. Wonder if there's any change to the power rankings a bit later, but we'll give you some uh, thoughts from Scoot because uh, they're always good. That's that's what we can be assured of. Sometimes you have to be happy for the less fortunate. Papa isn't a gifted person. Not much to look at, and truth be told, could be missing a chromosome or ten. A victory like this will give him something to talk about to strangers for years <laughs> as one of the few highlights of his life. And has he been talking, Papa? He's been up and about. It was one on the calendar that he would have circled. And uh, as I said, he was very, very correct in how he went about it last week. It was pretty amusing to watch. It what'd you, really what'd was. What do you think? I mean, I enjoyed it mainly because from the eliminated pool point of view, I was you know, one of the few that didn't pick the executioners. But also, I just knew that it would create very good content for this league because there's nothing better than when two... Two players that have a fierce rivalry get together and uh, and the upset happens. It is just, it's very good watch watching the uh, the chat roll through. And Papa, I don't think, has taken caps lock off for, for the last few days. He's just writing in all caps all day, every day. He loves a cap or 10. Now, um, what, do you, what we, we've obviously talked about fields a bit. And last week, you had some thoughts about... Crystal balls, I suppose. You looked into the future and you didn't like – where was it? You Going with Daniel Jones and Kadarius Tony. I threw out, thought, yeah, do you do you go a skill position player in the super flex spot and roll with just Jones and, and a skill position player? Now, 
Yeah, look, hindsight when Kadarius Tony doesn't play, he's not a good suggestion to put in your super flex. But it wouldn't have mattered because uh, he won by 33 and Fields only scored 18. Had his 17, played his best. What do you mean only? That's well, his highest score ever. Is it his highest score ever? It nah, actually, but we'll roll with it. It could be. So, yeah, it could be. But speaking of scoring, um, Scoot left Monty on the bench for a nice 16. That was his return from injury, and you you would have been a bit unhappy with that with the Herb, yeah, uh, who had who had assumed a role in the weeks before and did very well. But Monty comes back in and is just a workhorse. So you never you just can't win with fantasy. Sometimes you would have probably expected a split, and yeah, yeah just comes back for a nice little sixteen and bulk bulk carries. Tuddy did did got, all right. Got a bit of action in the receiving game as well. Yep. Yeah, but uh, well, we uh, move on to what from what was a low-scoring affair. But how about this one, Benny? This is, I mean, you talk about you can't be stiff if you're the executioners and you put up sixty. But this bloke, pretty stiff, and he came up against the stiff, and that's the straight cash homies one thirty-nine point oh four being defeated by the OJ's legal team one sixty-six point five eight. Just an absolute monster game. And this is the sort of form I think Jake was hoping for when he uh, had his chest puffed out on the podcast preseason, talking about how good his list was and, and how far he liked to bat deep. I don't even know if that made sense, but I'll go with it. But uh, <laughs> 166, monster. But Najee Harris, we brought it up last week. We said it's got to be the the part of Jake's side that upsets him, and he continued. He scored 5.1. He's moved further down the pack. He's now running back 29 on the season. Like, I know it's early days, and you can overreact very quickly in fantasy, but is, is it like this for the rest of the year, or does he turn it around in your opinion? Um... Sorry, who are we talking about? Najee Harris. <laughs> and no, oh, I was just looking through Jake's team. I was trying to work out how many running backs he's got in the top 10. Um, but anyway, yeah. Najee Harris. Najee uh, Harris, 9, 11, 11, 7, 5. And his five recently was only 11 attempts and 49% snap count. That's some pretty low it's, numbers. Yeah, it's, it is a concern. Um we f- we flagged it very early on, dare I say, with this offensive line. It was always a concern going into this year, and I think they're just they're able to zone in with Trubisky before, but now a rookie quarterback. They're they're just able to zone in with eight man boxes and make them beat them through the air. So it's a very simple but effective strategy when playing the Steelers, and I think Najee is um, obviously facing that. Week in, week out, and where he got uh, a lot of the points last year was Big Ben was um, willing and able to dump off to him because mm. I think he had huge amount of targets for a running back. So um, that's just not happening. Trubisky's obviously a mobile quarterback. Pickett will be as well. So if their reads aren't there, they're looking to run, whereas I think Big Ben, he wasn't running anywhere. He was just happy to throw it to Najee on the little screen well, yeah. passes. Not only is uh, was Big Ben basically a mobile, he couldn't throw it further than five yards. So that just yep. plays into the hands perfectly for a running back. 
Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, we also listed Kamara was was another one that Tim, you know, has been watching closely and clearly not getting the returns on. But finally, Kamara actually looked back to his old self and he ripped out a twenty. Um, yeah, had a very nice day over a hundred yards, six targets, caught all of them for ninety-one yards. Like that's that's a solid day without a touchdown. Mm, absolutely, it was it was good to see. Um, it's good to see both of Tim's uh, running backs, premium running backs, uh, looking like what we're used to. Mm-hmm. So, if they continue to do that, I think one thirty, one forty is around the mark where he's going to score. Just uh, just on a quick one here, because I I'm just glancing at the two teams. But Gabe Davis, did you see the highlights from him? I mean, I reckon he scored his entire thirty points in probably like five to ten minutes. It was insane. Well, three catches. I don't know if it was three from three, but uh, it, was, uh, it was three from six. But I reckon they came really early as well, and both were just monster touchdowns. Yeah, well, you, you can't get much bigger than a ninety-eight yard touchdown. Perhaps a ninety-nine, 99. but that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's it for the straight cash homie stiff. It's it's been the other way for him the last few weeks. He's got some wins with lower scores, and now he. Churns out a, a very healthy 139 and gets done. I reckon when you win with a lower score, you got to expect to lose with a, a monster score here and there. It all what goes the, around, comes around, the, you uh, say. The fantasy gods, they believe in karma as well. There you go. Um, well, what Do you about, want to what review about the next, the next game? one? Oh, I'll happily review it because um, the dingers, oh. that's trip, trip figures. 115.58. Uh, lost, though, to the Johnny United haircuts with a nice, respectable 134.82. There was a moment here. I messaged Keeney. I, th- I said, dare I say, upset alert. <laughs> the dingers just kept pouring on the points as I was approaching the 100 mark. And uh, I think Manny had a few players to come later in the piece. But it was nice to be above him there. I think it was a 103 to 100. For a minute, it's that was my only taste of victory, but um, yeah, much better than what I dished out the week before, that's for sure. But Manny, uh, as always, he's got something to say here. I'm not sure the Humdingers could have had a better week than that, showing the gap in this league at the moment. Thirty odd points above his previous season best, and catching Taysom Hill on a career day. But how good is Geno Smith looking, by the way? Getting three first rounders for Russell Wilson is looking like the trade of the century. Now, is Manny referring to Denver there or the trade in the EDL? Or is it both? I think both. He traded Russell Wilson to Keeney for three firsts. And did he have Gino already or did he get him? I actually can't remember how he got Gino. I reckon he might have had him the whole time. Let me just quickly check. Uh, Yeah, you had him originally. You dropped him, and then he picked him up off waivers, and he's he's rode him ever since. I had, excuse me, <laughs> Jesus. I uh, I had I Gino. I don't question your personal life, man. That's, uh, yeah, you did. You had Gino thirtieth of July, twenty twenty, and then you dropped him August of twenty twenty. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> I was like, shit. If I had him this year and dropped him, that's horrendous. But it was two years ago. Thanks for the context, Ben. No, no, no. But, it's um, better without context. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, now, Manny then also picked him up, dropped him. He's had him since October last year. So, oh, well, 
Fair yeah. enough. Was clearly part of the plan when he got rid of uh, Russ. Absolutely. He knew that he would be better than Russell Wilson, flat out. <laughs> and I'll take three first-rounders for him. No worries. Now, speaking of first-rounders, anyone want to get Taysom Hill? I'm after one because he is the number two quarterback on the week, and I've been saying this all along, Ben. He is a quarterback. 34.18, was it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> now... What I will, what I, I brought this up because I think, I think it's one of the better stats going around, and I'll just uh, bring it up for you because I put it in our notes off air. But Taysom Hill is the tight end seven on the season. How many receptions has he had, Ben? Oh, tight end seven. He loves to run. Ah. Uh... I can only imagine that this is something ridiculous, like he's had 10 receptions. One for two <laughs> yards. <laughs> Tight end seven. So the the segue here is imagine how good he'll be when he starts playing tight end. So are they going to name him as a running back soon enough? He doesn't I don't throw know. and I'm, he doesn't catch. He just I'm runs. I'm more than happy to be getting... Dublé point A's on the receptions. So even though he doesn't catch the ball. Actually, that's a gets... good point because he was originally a quarterback in in sleeper and now he, he gets the tight end premium for yeah. his one catch. For his, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Imagine how good when he starts catching the ball. Look out. But um, we'll move on. Move on to your monstrous score here, Benny. You can... Uh, Kick it off. I'll kick it off here. It wasn't uh, much to watch here. It was the Park City Lions 177 defeating the San Diego Demons 60.66. And it was just a poor showing all round from uh, the Demons. He was he was a shell of his former self. In fact, he reached out to me and just said, uh, he said, you ended my season last year and you might have ended my career today. <laughs> With well, a few skull emojis. It's. Uh, I'll just. I'll put in one little comment that I had here. But it is the score fitting, or because the final score has three sixes in it, and I think that's because the demons went to hell in week five. <laughs> the triple six. He. Uh, he's calling career over. Well, he's definitely gone to hell. Yeah. That, it wasn't good. Ever one, had that score. One total touchdown. His his entire uh, list. His starting well, lineup. That is. That'll it's do it. Pretty rare against fifteen. I think my team had so that's not going to help. That's always going to create a fair uh, disparity. But how was my moz last week? Here I was talking up J Rob being the running back eleven on the season. You know how it was disappointing. He lost Javante and he was able to to slot him in there, and he just stunk it up. That's back to back stinky games for J Rob. So, yeah. It, He's got to have concerns for him a little bit now, doesn't he? Yeah, I think this is just overreaction week. I think Camo might be all right. A few players will bounce back. J-Rob is concerning because Etienne is obviously picking up the touches as he goes, and he's so explosive. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, he's still be all right, um, hopefully anyway, for Camo's sake. Yep. Um, yeah, and more, even we spoke about the Mahomes revenge game and how that could, uh, you know, you know, he he might have just taken it to heart that the demons just didn't think much of him as a franchise player and uh, 
boy, did he make Camo just feel extra worthless with with not only throwing four touchdowns, but throwing them to the only other Kansas City player that I have on my roster, and that's Kelsey. So he just <laughs> really stuck the knife in, didn't he? Absolutely. Or the four fingers. That's what was getting thrown around a lot. Uh, oh, finish off here. Camo's got some very fun things. Uh, stats here. He just wrote, thoughts and prayers with any sicko who backed Kelsey over 30 yards, seven receptions, four tutties, and didn't cover. <laughs> Stiff. <laughs> <laughs> and the over for yards, that's usually the number one bet for Kelsey. So, yep. um, that, that is that would super be, stiff. You would be hating life. Speaking of stiff, uh, the DFF, <laughs> 86.12 has gone down to the grouse a 161.98. Now, this is just, this is breeze through. As, some, uh, some would say pissing it in. Pissing it in is the uh, topic of conversation here because Keeney was adamant this was going to be pretty much a buy and it's pretty much what's happened. But we'll uh, we'll get we'll get through the DFF here first. Now, he, he did warn me before, he, he may have, buggered this up. Have you edited I've, this? I've put them... He he struggles with numbers, this bloke. So when you say week five review and week six preview, he gets them back to front and he just struggles. So I, I flipped him around. I gave him benefit of the doubt. Flipped him around just like he does his jocks. Now, four <laughs> starting quarterbacks, Chris. If I didn't have... <laughs> if I didn't have one on IR, it would have been five. Oh, he's good at math. What are you talking about? As I mentioned to you in the preseason, mate, oh, look, I'm not going to lie. I've got no idea what he's talking about. So we'll move on to Keeney because this will be a bit easier. Was nice to have a stress-free week, he says. Forgot to put in a tight end, something Hod never has a problem with. And 75 points later, light work. Thanks for coming, Henschke. So He was bitter that no one has mentioned the fact that he won so comfortably. And not many people looked to even see that he just didn't even bother putting a tight end out there last week. So he really wanted us to mention that. I said yeah. he had to come on and, and mention it if he really wanted, but I gave him the out. I, I genuinely don't know what the DFF's on about. He said here four starting QBs. Well, he's only got three and two on IR. So he actually can't count. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, i got no idea what that reads. So... <laughs> and what we also said, we have no idea what he was doing because he locked in Kyle and Granson. It was the bold strategy, Cotton, and it didn't pay off for that 2.6 points last, seems like an eternity, last Friday um, mm. on the Thursday night football match, which was an absolute barnstormer. Did you watch it? Uh, which one was that one? Colts Broncos, 12 to 9. Oh, no. Thankfully, I didn't see a second of that game. Um Tuddy's galore. Um, <laughs> the last one, Keeney. Oh, this was, this was no. Nah, that was Keeney just thing. saying that he was going to piss it in. But hey, should we? Uh, I mean, we said that Russell Wilson looked like he he came out of his funk that he's in, and then he goes straight back into to not throwing a touchdown and scoring a nine on the season, on the game. But w- where is that offense at? It's fucked. I'll tell you where it is. It's he's in all sorts because. He has not won that locker room over. He has definitely not won the fans over. No. Nah. And you don't leave a presser where you've dished up nine points <laughs> let's and go, ride. Broncos country, let's ride. He's fucking delusional. He'd like, he is. He's genuinely delusional. It's fucked. He is. 
and I've had that thought ever since I watched the Entourage movie where he was in it. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He is the weirdest unit. It's like he is a WWE wrestler and he just has this like weird persona and he thinks he has to stick with it every time he's in front of a camera. Mm. It's bizarre. It's not, it's not good, whatever it is. Um, they need to wake up the Broncos because they've got talent galore everywhere on that offense. Um, and we, as owners, there's a few of us in this league, we need points. Yep. They are, they're definitely not firing, but i tell you what is firing, and that's the power rankings. That's the power of love. That's the power of if only the Broncos could harness the fire that is that drop for the power rankings. That's just what they're missing. They're missing that extra juice. Um, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of change this week. Why don't we just go? We'll go a couple each. Let's go with the absolute mainstays and that is the humdingers at 12 and the punishers at 11 but the punishers they must be excited because they're off the board one and four just got you cemented at 0 and five there at 12 i just noticed that i was i thought i was a bit stiff i put out decent score um but that makes sense doesn't it i'm still the uh only unwinnable what do, what do you call that <laughs> Yeah, not undefeated. What's the undefeated. opposite? Undefeated. What's the opposite? That's what I was trying to work Un- out. Undefeat. Undefeat. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these. The, I don't think we're going to change very much. Nah. Eleven I, and twelve. I could almost confidently lock that in for the rest of the season. Pretty much, but I did. Uh, I did outscore five other teams this week. But let's move on to ten with the Bayside Executioners. Um, also a bit of a mainstay with the DFF at number nine. That's the bottom four. I think that's been fairly unchanged for a while. It could very well be the locked-in bottom four for a long time. Time will tell, but a bit of movement here, and that is at number eight, the San Diego Demons just putting out a 60. The league, the league noticed, and he dropped down from six last week to number eight there, dropping the two spots, and... Uh, this bloke also just, you know, not getting the job done against Jim, and that's the prestige worldwide. Dropping from number four down to number seven. That is wow. that's a big fall. Well, no wonder he's watching college football. Jesus. That's uh that's he, a big drop. It's a pretty congested group, though, at two and three and three and two combinations. There's a lot of teams in this boat. Hmm. I I didn't think it. Didn't think that warranted three spots. But anyway, the top six, OJ's legal team. Here he comes. The rise with the 166 upping two spots there from eight to six. And the straight cash homies is unchanged at three and two, sitting at number five. Yep, and the Johnny Unitas haircuts just leapfrogging their way back up again from seven to four. At a two and three record, they are the highest uh, team with only two wins, but that's because their scoring is so solid. It's uh, the irony there. You play the dingers and you rise the most out of any team. <laughs> Three spots. Have a look at him go. He's looking good too. Sharp haircut after that win. How's this one uh, though? At number three, he's undefeated, but he's sitting at number three and that's the Jim City Stallions. Just stay and put. What do you think? Uh, is he stiff? What I think is the grouse in father time has submitted the doc 100 times. Can you resubmit it? Can I, can I confirm? Actually, I'll, I'll put this on air because I messaged the bloke saying, what are you doing? 
He had Jim at number two in his power rankings. Had himself at number three. Wow, so it's the rest of the league. Mm. The noble steed, the grouse. He's a humble man. (laughs) Four and one. He sits there at number two and, well, the prestige worldwide have him in the granny. So he's thereabouts. And then obviously yourself, Benny, unchanged. Highest score of the week. You're sitting there pretty, pretty happy, I can see. Yeah, three weeks in a row. Bank accounts liking that one too. It's very, very nice when you oh, score yeah. some top, top scores there. Actually, and I've forgotten when Thais picked the – this is where we need Keeney. When did Thais pick the double score round? No idea. Yeah, we should have probably asked him before we started recording. But uh, we'll figure that one out <laughs> and uh, get on with the previews. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. No. And our week six previews brought to you by Goldman Sachs. Invest in sack removal for a healthier quarterback. Hod, why don't you uh, get into the first game? I shall. And it is the humdingers up against the straight cash homies. And thank you to Goldman Sachs, investing in sack removal for a healthier quarterback. Has, uh, what is it? It's 21% to the dingers. I've gone up three weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I think I was at 10. The dingers are on the 15, rise. Now 21%. Look out. But I, uh, I've got a bit of a task here. The straight cash homies, uh, 127 projection. The league has it at 100% whitewash, and if we go down here, Timos has alerted us that Brian Curtis Jackson Robertson. What's the Curtis Jackson reference? Fuck if I know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get back to you on that one. Has been activated and will line up? up in the quarterback flex spot this week against the tight end of a himself. <laughs> what is he? What know. is that? He's stoned. Now, Curtis Jackson, isn't that 50 cent? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so he got shot. 50 cent got shot. Right. That's the, the just, link. Just, just, a, just a guy that got shot. Cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's uh, big news. Uh, he was, look, that offense didn't churn out many points, but it must be said, uh, Antonio Gibson only had six touches and Robinson... I think had seven carries, so he's out-touching me in the carries alone. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch how this backfield plays out with the rookie coming back. Um, but speaking of backfields, CMC, we, we talked about a little bit at the start of the show. Steve Wilkes, I'm pretty big on this. I think the uh, higher status players will now reap the rewards. They will go back to feeding CMC, and it's time for him to explode. So, um Providing he doesn't get uh, any injury, I think uh, he should have a pretty, pretty solid time in Carolina. Or, providing he doesn't get traded. I've seen a little bit of talk about this. Just Really? Um, yeah, just just because it's, hmm. um, I don't know, any, time, any change in ownership. I mean, any personnel change or whatever, they start looking at options. And he's obviously got plenty of cash on those books. And if they're going to be shit... Then yeah. perhaps they want to send him somewhere, but it's actually <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst idea when you think about that team and where they're at as a franchise. Like they are a long way off the mark. And how old is he now? He's twenty seven, twenty six, something like that. He's had a few injury riddled seasons. 
He's top-end talent. He started to look like, you know, his old self. It could be a good time to cash in and just completely reset. Yeah, I mean, perhaps we can deep dive into that at another time because that would be one of the bigger trades of yeah, the year massive. and where he ends up. Um, but it's tight end stack time, Benny. The dingers are rolling out four tight ends this week. <laughs> fucked. Including Taysom Hill, who's worth four on his oh, own. He's a, he's a quarterback though, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I keep telling you this. But... Four tight end starters, Benny. How many do you reckon that is of my total roster of tight ends? I know, I know very well how much this is because I was looking at this the other day. Just for context, I've got two tight ends total, and I play them pretty much most weeks. You've got eight. <laughs> which uh, which day were you looking at my tight end? You dirty bastard! Well, it's it's very rare a day I don't look at your tight end. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so let's see how much they can churn out. But I'll uh, kick it over to you for this next game. Mm, I'm a bit slow on the uh, the fingers talking about your tight end. I would have gone with the bold strategy drop there for the four if I had have been on the front foot enough. But we'll move on to the next game. That is the Grouse taking on the Johnny Unitas haircuts. And this is, you know, don't let the records fool you at four and one versus two and three. But the scoring potential here, these guys are neck and neck. Uh in the league this year. In fact, I will just quickly get it up, if you will. That's 705 to 701 on the season. Like this is, uh, this has got all the makings of a juicy matchup. Um, the 705 is going just in the way of the grouse here. But I've just got, uh, we might start to call the grouse this week the questionables because if you go and look at his lineup here, he is just riddled with questionable players, and that is in his starting lineup so far, he's got Russell Wilson, Godwin, Pitts, Taylor, all with a questionable tag. Some of those leaning more towards out. Then you look at his bench, he's got Mayfield, Mac Jones, Jacoby Myers, Rashad Bateman, all questionable. And then further to that, Rashad Penny and Logan Thomas with the out tag. So, you know, add more salt to the wounds here. Devontae Adams, another gun for his team on bye this week. He is putting this depth that we all talk about with his lineup well and truly to the test this week because even with all that being said, he's still ahead in the projections. In fact, I didn't reference the Goldman Sachs uh, investing sack removal for a healthier quarterback, week six projections. Um, Has it 148 to 138 in favor of the grouse. So that's 54%. The league sees this as 81% to the grouse. Um, Yeah, I just think that... This has got a potential upset written all over it, depending on how some of those questionable tags fall. What do you reckon? Well, I reckon there's no better sponsor for the grouse because if he invests in sack removal, perhaps he wouldn't have Mayfield, Russell Wilson, and Mac Jones all on this injury list. But that is a good point you make. Um, But in saying that, I did look at Keeney's scoring and he's been doing it without quarterback scoring. So it's he a has. very, very deep starting lineup, and he'll probably be thinking at home, he'll be pissing it in again this week. Absolutely, because you can turn around and look at the rest of his players in his starting lineup that don't have questionable tags, and he's got Mixon, he's got Hollywood, he's got Diggs, Cook, Cook's off you know, injury report with his shoulder, which is always a good sign. Eckler's really returned to form after his slow start to the season, so he's got some absolute guns. We all... We all know what his lineup is and what the potential is. But, you know, that being said, 
Uh, no one, we, we touched on Geno Smith. No one could have predicted how well Geno Smith would be doing this season. And for Manny, who has gone really light in that position and gone with some real no-name quarterbacks, he's QB six on the season. Like, it is, it, it's ridiculous what he's putting out there. And I'll, I'll share with you Manny's thoughts here because I have no doubt that he will uh, have a bit of a take on this. He says, plenty to return this week for the grouse. And while Penny injury stings double this week because he faces Kenneth Walker, the third, as he adds, uh, he should still win by 50. I reckon Manny's doing the reverse, Moles here. What do you reckon? Win by 50. Great to have two of the top three scoring teams playing primetime. P.S. Bailey Zappi, a.k.a. the next Tom Brady, held his own. Who would have thought the haircuts would have five starting QBs on their roster? So you're just channeling a bit of DFF there? I think so. It it is ridiculous though because PJ Walker is starting this week and Manny's got him. So he actually and Cooper Rush. Oh wow! He so really, he started the year with nothing. He really does. That's uh, that's crazy. And he's got Mariota, which he traded in. Davis Mills on by. He oof. Davis Mills has been not doing very well. So having Mariota. Step in with Geno could be very nice. Keeney's thoughts here is Kenneth Walker time and the rise of Geno Smith must be discussed. Can the grouse trim the haircuts record to two and four to trigger another unsensible fire sale? Look, he's he's getting excited, Keeney. You can see he's just coming up with some puns here in his thoughts. He's just gearing up for a return on the podcast. But there you go. He's got the same thinking as us. You can't ignore Geno Smith's rise. Um... Yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of the more fascinating games to watch. Uh, big, re- big repercussions. Two and four. I know Manny's not worried because he's got the Sonny Weaver Junior Division, but two and four is still not ideal. Um, we're st- we've still got the the seeding, though, with the points scoring, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, so they'll still get in anyway with a very healthy 7-0-1. But the next game, the Park City Lions versus... The Prestige Worldwide, and again, brought to you by Goldman Sachs. Now, Maddie, he's been very vocal this week, and mm. I'll, I'll kick it off with his thoughts. The Park City Lions, no doubt the team to beat right now. There you go. But some optimism down at the Prestige. We might be catching them at the right time. The Kansas City-Buffalo game will be telling with Mahomes-Kelsey versus QB1. Joshy tassels, but it's all there for an upset, surely. 5-0 and and scoring well every week. No Derrick Henry. A run-heavy Niners game script for Debo, Kittle, Ayuk uh, versus Atlanta. Kelsey regression from four tutties. And Belichick taking Chubb out of the game. Could it come down to Cooper versus Njoku? Wouldn't that be a, a, a little show there in the Browns? I did see also uh, some wind. For uh, on the weather forecast for this game. So that Belichick taking Chubb out of the game will be interesting because they might lean on the ground. Um, the Prestige have proven it doesn't matter about winning in the regular season. He saves his best performances for the playoffs. So best of luck, Benny. Mm. I'll see you later in the season. Now, Ben, confirm for me. I know that Thais was at the, the trots yesterday having a little day out. Yep. Did he, did he submit this? Drunken tirade at the races. It's got a feel about it, doesn't it? He's oh, very vocal. He's submitted two. I mean, we only we only put two thoughts in there now. We try and keep it brief, and he's gone. Fuck your two thoughts. I'm going to give you a paragraph, several paragraphs for each. 
Two chapters. <laughs> he's written a novel in both his responses here. Um, look, the only thing I'll the only thing I'll object to in his thoughts there is how can you call for a regression game for Kelsey? He's gonna have more than thirty yards. I, I can guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But, but he's he's covered my thoughts as well at the end there. And the only thought I had on this is grand final rematch and I can't wait to be torn to shreds by Eno Benjamin and Mike Boone. Fuck me. Well, that's uh, a good point you make because Eno Benjamin has drawn the Seahawks and their run defense is not great. And Eno might be one out this week Yep. because not chance. only did James Connor get injured, but also Jonathan Ward got injured and Daryl Darryl Williams. So Eno is one out, and he could eat against the Seahawks. It, it is good timing. The Prestige is quite not quietly confident. He's very confident about this week. Yep, he is, and he's so confident he's put the double tight end in his lineup with Evan Ingram and Joku. The Dublé tight end. Dublé tight end. Um, I did hear Ingram draws the Colts, and we're not great at... Um, Stopping the tight ends. I mean, so. it's it's a position that you don't have to do that well to be good at. But uh, Engram's been putting out some nice numbers for for this season so far. So anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the next game, which sees the undefeated Jim City Stallions taking on OJ's legal team. And uh, thanks to our week six sponsors, Goldman Sachs, investing in sack removal for a healthier quarterback that sees the league sees this 63% to the Stallions. They've bought in, mate. They have well and truly bought in the league to an undefeated gym, whereas uh, Goldman Sachs sees it a little bit closer, 132 to 127, which is a 53% nod to the Stallions. And uh, just some talking points here. Jalen Hurts continues to uh, impress. He's the number three quarterback on the season. He's the number four overall player. Um, yeah, him and Rogers. Rogers, I did see with a, a bit of a thumb injury and sitting out practice, so he's got the questionable tag. That's that's pretty important for Jim because Jared Goff's on bye this week, so he'd really want uh, Rogers to be healthy and, and not miss because that could derail pretty quickly. But on the flip side, old Jakey boy's just rolling out the Devils, Devin Singletary in the Superflex because Derek Carr is on by this week as well. And he can't really start Heineke or Drew Locke or Sam Ellinger. Uh, yeah, he hasn't got really any options outside of his two starters. So both teams that are at the pointy end of contending and very thin at the QB position. Uh, well, speaking of thin, I'm just looking at the lineup. Jim's got Zacchaeus and Donovan Peoples-Jones in his flex spots and Randall Cobb on the starters. So um, that's interesting. But who did Rogers thumb in London oh. to be out this week? Was it uh, Dable? Maybe <laughs> Dable. <laughs> Jeez. Why would Jim not be starting old first rounder Bobby Tonyan here? He's just goodness oh, gracious. Know. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a great lineup that Jim's rolling with. It's fair to say. Um, Who cares? It's the year of the gym. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he puts Dorch or Zacharias or whatever the fuck their names are. He's gonna he's gonna put uh, people to the task. But I don't know. I, I think Jake here just Ramondre Stevenson. He's just got the boost with uh, Harris being out. Uh, mm. Schultz is probably his biggest concern. 
he's just absolutely stunk. He's got the the injury concerns. He's still got him in his starting lineup, but uh, I don't know if he's got many other options outside of him. He's got no no options for Jakey. Uzuma, in the tight end department. Hooper on by or Hendershot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a name, P. Hendershot. Oh, Peyton Hendershot. <laughs> Jeepers. Well, uh, yeah, that's a made up name. Isn't it? It's, a, it's a made up player. But yeah. um, let's move on. Let's shall we? Let's go with the Bayside Executioners taking on the rebounding, much needed rebounding San Diego Demons. And Goldman Sachs here will bring us the stats of it is a landslide to the Demons. Uh, that's by the league. Fifty six percent on the sleeper app. Very close. Nine nine eleven. 11 points between them on the projections. But the league has a landslide here, 81% to the Demons. Did they not see last week's score? And they, I say they, that is me. I, I think <laughs> I may have picked the Demons. <laughs> well, because I think they also saw the executioners equally put up a 60. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is, Ben. That's why we work with each other. Oh, well, goodness. Um, but, all right, we're going to dive into something here. <laughs> And there's a there's a particular man on this pod that really wanted us to dive into this player. But the irony of this player we're about to talk about um, is, well, the irony is there because these two teams were involved in the trade for DJ Moore back in June. Now, Papa, he's risen. I can feel it. He's listening to this. Wide receiver, 47. On the year he is this year and... That was for, we'll remind everyone, a 2023 first, which is Jake's. So definitely up in the air if that's going to be early, mid or late. And a 2025 second. So pretty healthy price. Now, Papa's consistent thoughts on DJ Moore have been that he's rubbish. Now, Benny, what position rank has Moore been? Give me the end of season result for DJ Moore in his first four years in the league. Do you want just a range, like, you know, wide receiver one or wide receiver two? or no, like I want, I want where he finished okay. on the season. I'm going to say rookie season, you know, not not amazing, but not terrible. I'll say he finished the 24th receiver overall. I'll, I'll be generous to him. Uh, then I'll say he went up to about wide receiver... 18 second year, then he had a jump wide receiver, 12 third year, and then he's down to 47. Oh, wait, is this his fifth year? Uh, one more year. Uh, one more year. And then I reckon he dropped back last year because they've been a bit inconsistent and he dropped back to maybe like 30. All right. So first year, you were sort of close. Second year, you were very close. Interesting that you thought there was progression mm-hmm. from years two to three. Only regression. So he started wide receiver 40 in his rookie year. Remembering he's a first-round pick. Yep. Uh, Then jumped right up to wide receiver 19. Okay. Then stayed pretty stagnant, wide receiver 20, and then wide receiver 18. So he's been a wide receiver 3 and then wide receiver 2 for... Actually, wide receiver four and then wide receiver two for the three years following that. This year, wide receiver 47. So, 
Where I'm going with all this, Ben, why does DJ Moore continue to warrant such a price in trades? Because we talked about earlier this year, that's a fairly hefty price. 2023 first, that's not a not a bad draft by any means. That's going to be pretty healthy. And then it's a future second as well. So very interesting about DJ Moore. What do you think? I'd argue that he's never really had a great quarterback in all those years. He's had... Who has his quarterback? Sam Darnold, Baker. Who was it before? Who was it in his early seasons? I can't remember who was before Darnold. Um, uh, Cam. Oh, Cam. Yeah, and Cam wasn't the most accurate thrower going around. So he's never really had a solid person throwing in the ball. He's also only 25 years old um, going into his fifth season. So there's plenty of time for him to get it right. And it's a position where... You know what? You can be the wide receiver 30, but you can still be putting up decent numbers because like that, that is a stacked position in terms of talent at the moment. And even just trying to rank that position is quite ridiculous. So I know that Papa has it in for him. I know that Papa doesn't rate him and is the most vocal person and yet his points are justified. But I still think that in Dynasty, a young, talented, he's clearly got the talent. He's just uh, situational is not great right now. So, yeah. I think, I think you nailed it there. So, it's the draft capital and it's the age. That's what keeps yep. people interested. Tell you who else is 25? Who? Juju. Ooh. And he's in the best offense in the league and that's still not helping. So, so I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I know papa has got uh, his thoughts on it. So, anyway, we said we'd bring it up and there you have it. Um, Camo, his thoughts. I'm so embarrassed after last week. I just hope my team shows up. So he's down and out. He needs to resurrect from hell and um, he needs to get the chocolates this week to bounce back for sure. And I think I think he will. You've got to have touchdown regression from one compared to 15 of yours. That's ridiculous. So um, there we have it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it your way for the... Last game of the round. You don't want to share Scoot's thoughts? I will share before I send you the game. <laughs> I will share Scoot's thoughts. Um, big, I don't know why I read that in the next game. Big game this week. I'm tipping an upset. Everyone should tip me in the Eliminator. <laughs> I guarantee victory. His team's going about as well as everyone predicted, and I'm expecting Devontae to bounce back from his zero last week and lead the executioners to a victory with a solid 1.5 this week. Well, who knows? I, like, I know um, Manny mentioned before, or Bailey. Why is it Zappy? Is that being confirmed? Oh, that's what I've heard. It's, I well, read it as Zap. We're not doing that. But it's we're ridiculous. reading it as Zap. So um, the Zap... He said he held his own. I mean, come on. He didn't do much, let's be honest. He, uh, I think he dished up an 11. Maybe he means he, he held his own in the actual game because they had a nice little yeah, win of 29 win. to nothing. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, he, doubled, scoots. he doubled the opposing quarterback score. <laughs> Who? Oh, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff scored a five. Yeah. Oh I mean, that was, that was always happening, wasn't it, with... Belichick and the the Pats. That's still a nice little defense they have. They always they always have a solid D. But they do. As we've said earlier, we'll throw to you for the final game of the round. The Bring it home, Benny. Final game. We couldn't have saved a better final game because these two Muppets playing against each other. One <laughs> thing is guaranteed, and that is 
they're not going to be short of commentary when it comes to their matchup. And I can't be speaking anyone other than the DFF taking on the Pappas, Punishers. Uh, our week six previews by Golden Sacks, investing sack removal for a healthier quarterback. Uh, with our final uh, one here is the league's got this 81% to the DFF. He must be giddy hearing that. Is that the that must be the only time that he's had such a a massive following for his team to to win eighty one percent. My goodness, it's the first time he's ever had anything massive. <laughs> but the, but uh, Goldman Sachs has it a little bit closer, one hundred and twelve to eighty two, which is a sixty eight percent nod to the DFF. Uh, but who knows, mate? The Punishers they they got a taste of victory. They might just keep. Keep rolling with that one. But uh, DFF's thoughts here is he's just got must win. Starting Komet and Mooney because that's all Fields can throw the ball to. It's an interesting little negative play there because he knows Papa's going to start Fields and the only players he can throw to. I guess he's discounting the fact that Fields' main scoring comes from him running the ball. So Is, that, is this another... I think they're on... They're on it the, is. They're on Friday. They're on Friday. This is another yeah, bold strategy on Thursday night football by the DFF. And he's got them in there. Uh, this this will be fascinating. It could all come yeah. crumbling down. I'll, I'll throw one out there for you. Can Komet and Mooney outscore Granson's 2.7 last week? Because <laughs> Fields might just throw the ball to Monty and the Herb and Valus Jones. Yep. And whoever else they have on there. Equinemius, which would be the double for Papa if it happens. But, geez, that'll be funny to watch if they get one or two targets collectively. He's also got here Brees Hall, running back nine. Yep, he's been paying attention, this guy. He's in store for a top five finish, as the DFF has alluded to. Uh, this this was I'll stop you there, but this, oh, this was, was my you. thoughts. Okay, this I was, thought this uh, was too high. Talking point. I thought this was too high brow for him. <laughs> That's uh, a good point. But you are Bring right. It up. Brees Hall, running back nine, top five finish. I think it's looking definitely that way. He's heating up. He is heating up, and uh, you got Najee here. No, so I'll, I'll run with this, Benny. Yeah, good, because I'm confused as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was just bringing this up because um, the oh, theme yeah, here is rookie running backs, and it, you believe in the talent. And obviously, Brees Hall was coming into the Jets and they had the Michael Carter talk. And more often than not, the talent prevails. And this is what the talent has prevailed in the past. When you draft rookie running backs, you typically get bang for your buck. The last four seasons, three seasons, Najee, RB3, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor, RB5, Saquon, might have been the year before, but so be it, um, RB1. So more often than not, these... Uh, running backs that are drafted the highest at the position really do um, you reap the rewards and Brees Hall is definitely looking the part after last week and just quietly the gangrene offense is sneaky fun to watch absolutely not only did uh, yeah not only did Hall have a monster game but that was with his counterpart getting two of the touchdowns out of it so there's just touchdowns galore going on at the Jets who would have thought that that would have been a situation 
Uh, but it is fun. It's good when when these teams that have been down for so long are up and about. I mean, look at the Bills now. For such a long time, they were shit, and now they are one of the most fascinating teams to watch. But we'll finish with Papa's thoughts here. He's got what a huge win by the Punishers last week going into our bye week this week. We'll rest up and look forward to week seven at the OJ's legal team. So he's already penciled it in, everyone. Just uh, he's going to get his second win on the board. But... Yeah, I mean, Alec Pierce has got to be the talking point here. This is one of the players that he traded into the lineup. He clearly liked it. We spoke about it as part of the Saquon Barkley trade. Everyone focused on it was just Barkley uh, and a first, but really Alec Pierce was one of the the major parts of that trade, as I think both Papa and Jake spoke about, and it's showing because the blokes, uh, he's getting targeted a lot. Um, five, six, and nine targets in his last three weeks. It's a uh, it's very solid start from the rookie here. So you must love it, obviously, being a Colts fan as well, mate. Yeah, it is. It's nice to see. You don't don't expect him to come on this quickly, but when he's led the tar- led all the Colts receivers in targets the last three weeks, it's also you got to factor in the air yards he's getting, which Pittman is not. Mm. Pittman is more of that um, possession receiver. Yep. yep. Um. You you got to you got to really. Um, throw a lot of targets at him to produce, whereas Pierce is getting those down the field, long balls. Like Even, I don't know that Matt Ryan can throw a long ball, to be honest, but even those 50-50 contested balls, he's coming down with them. So that's exciting. What are you giggling at there? No, just old long balls. That could be his uh, new nickname. <laughs> I like that. That's going to stick. Well, he's only 38. Tell you what's sticking, his ball bag to his calf. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. But uh, let's just finish here. Papa's lineup, it is it's stinky at the best of times to look at. My goodness. Naeem Hines sitting in there. Equinemia sitting in there. Who's old John Bates? don't even know. You know, you know who he is? He was a tight end on the Dingers roster at oh, some stage. He? DJ yes. Dallas is getting a nod, obviously, with uh, the penny injury. Old Squaronek. Uh, is he the brother of Skrillex? I don't know. But he's getting <laughs> nah. another look again. But uh, his best player is on bye this week. And that's uh, who would have thought Josh Jacobs is his best player because the preseason did not trend that way for that bloke. But uh, he's actually been probably the surprise packet for the Punishers this year. What a way to finish on a <laughs> Josh Jacobs shout out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Matt Ryan's balls. Or, or long balls as well. That's another good way to finish there. But uh, there we go. Another solid solo duo performance from uh, us there. And I know Papa, he's very critical of us claiming, you know, how good we're going as a duo here. But that's also a guy who calls himself the captain every week in our punters league. But I've got this. I, I, I've got this gripe here. And this will only sort of be relevant to a few people in this league who are part of also that punters club. Can you name me any other captain that is zero wins from 40 games that is still appointed a captain and still says, boys, we've just got to lift. Fuck, we've heard that 40-odd times, Papa. Come up with a new fucking game strategy. I'm sorry, but you think that you've cultivated this amazing punters club. We haven't hit a win in over two years and you're still the captain with the same strategy going in every week. You haven't changed up the format. You haven't changed up your pep talk. You've got a fucking lift. That's my shout out to you. So 
I'll finish on that uh, that rant. But Hod, straighten us up. I'm going to straighten us up because I don't know what you're talking about. He has got the absolute best out of me. His last video was inspirational. It was the best motivational speech I've seen in a long time. So, Ben, good things come to those who wait. And that's what we're doing under the tutelage of the great (laughs) skipper that he is. He's doing a fine job. You keep your head down, Papa. You're uh, you're just you're doing the right things, uh, and we'll all get four dollar fifty eight legs at some stage. Don't worry, Ben. It'll come. But uh, what I will say is, it's been a nice little run. I I am confirming that we are going to have the trio back next week. He's given us his word, and if we have to, I will go to that nappy filled lounge room in Listerfield, <laughs> and we will broadcast live <laughs> with. What's the what's his nickname? What's Ryle's nickname? The um, Thais was calling him. A Klazza. Klaz. Baby Klaz. Klaz will be the fourth, the first guest in a while, and we will broadcast live with the big man back with us. But it has been a fun few weeks. Who would have thought I'd make every week with you and haven't cancelled once? <laughs> um, which obviously you two have covered for me in the past. So keep up the good work, Benny. Been fun. Week six. Let's go. Podcast over and out. Jeepers.